0: If it's news to you, it's important to him. This is The Big Five with Elias Makos from Montreal's News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
1: Oh, we got a good old-fashioned snowstorm underway here in Montreal. Hope you're enjoying the beautiful snow. It is stunningly gorgeous. On this Monday, December 4th, keep on shuffling. Welcome to The Big Five on The Elias Makos Show. On today's Big Five, Pierre Polyev's housing hell, plus... An all-time low for Francois Legault. Before we do that, let's give a shout-out. And our shout-out this morning, in light of the snowstorm, shout-out for this morning for snow angels. Those snow angels out there. Now, what exactly is a snow angel? It's those neighbors that shovel your walkway without asking. It's that private contractor that sees you struggling on the street trying to dig out your car. And he very politely will spend four seconds going with his with his truck and just helps you out just a smidgen so you can get your car out. It's the city employee that just, you know, thanks to, I, sometimes it's just coincidence, but the way that they plow allows you to get your car out very easily. That's a snow angel. And we need them all winter long. Shout out to the snow angels. Joining us on the Big Five this morning, two splendid gents. Paul God is with us. He's lead singer and guitarist for the Montreal punk band, The Rip Chords. Also, journalism professor at Concordia. Hi, Paul.
0: Good morning. And, and keep shoveling. We're political commentators. That's kind of what we do.
1: <laughs> Indeed, Paul. David Hurtel is with us, former Quebec Liberal Cabinet Minister, political analyst extraordinaire right here at CJAD 800. Hi, David. Good morning. And I see both of you are safe and sound in your homes, which is very nice to be cozy. I had to drive into work this morning. Okay, guys, let's get to the topics uh, for today. And I, I want to start off with this video that was released over the weekend. Now, in an age of 10-second sound bites and flicking through TikToks, Pierre Polyev managed to get people's attention for a full 15 minutes over the weekend, releasing a mini-documentary called Housing Hell. This video is incredibly polished. Graphics, voiceovers, music to boot, have a listen. After generations of affordable and stable Canadian home prices, it now takes 66% of the average monthly income to make payments on the average single detached Canadian house. Given that most of the remaining 34% of the family paycheck is taken up by taxes, there's literally nothing left for food and recreation. And that all assumes that you have enough for a down payment to get the mortgage in the first place. Saving up for that down payment in Toronto now takes an average of 25 years. Not long ago, you paid off a mortgage in that time. So that's a little snippet of Pierre Polyev's video, which, again, it's 15 minutes long, and it clearly took a lot of effort to put together. It's not the classic uh, Polyev talking to the camera, handheld, just attacking someone. This is something completely different. Now, uh, juxtapose that with the prime minister, Justin Trudeau. He also released a video on housing, a couple of minutes long on his uh, Twitter, his ex. Uh, It had much less of an effect. Have a listen.
2: Every Canadian deserves a safe and affordable place to call home. And since 2015, we've been working extremely hard to make that a reality.
1: The buildings we just saw today, well, they're proof of that. So I think, guys, that these videos are actually a a, a pretty good way to look at what's happening politically on housing. It seems like the Conservatives have managed to own this issue, so I want your thoughts on this video battle and how the federal parties are owning this very serious issue for all Canadians, whether it's rents or mortgages, uh, housing. David, you first.
2: Well, I I thought the the Polia video, uh, like you, Elias, was was very well made, very smart. Uh, I think that's the first salvo. I mean, I think the next federal campaign has really officially begun because you're seeing a lot of money, And also it shows the the evolution of our politics. I mean, we're not going through media or TV ad time, you know, traditional media. What we're doing here is putting out the platform out there. What I found interesting about the Pagliav video is that you see what the targets are for the conservatives, right? You see throughout the video, it's Vancouver, it's Toronto, it's Montreal. We see our our mayor, Valerie Plante. We see her face, we see a Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow, previous Toronto Mayor John Tory, the gatekeepers. And I hope Ensemble Montreal actually watch this video because there's actually a whole stat about Montreal. Yes. Pierre Poitiers says that close to 24,000 homes have been blocked by the city of Montreal, the municipal gatekeepers. And so I, I, I'm wondering if anybody in Montreal was watching this and will follow up on this very crucial stat, but it also confirms. I mean, issue number one right now is housing. I mean, it, it, it influences everything else. It touches on the daily lives of regular people, ordinary people, average people. And so, and the, the Trudeau response I found was weak. It's the old Trudeau, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, showing us his talents as a, a theater prof, you know, speaking very well, doing his great pauses when his dram- he needs dramatic effect. But the problem here is not only Trudeau fatigue, but just concrete realizations. This morning, when people are shoveling, what are they thinking about? It's because how to get through the holidays and the big credit card bills that are going kind to of come after mm-hmm. because of the housing tsunami that's coming with the mortgage rates renewal.
0: Paul? Well, yeah, I think it, it sort of just goes to show that Polyevra can be uh, effective when he's on a leash. Uh, when he's working from a script and somebody else has written it, and uh, but I think we all kind of know that he's on a leash for these things, and that he'd be rather be talking about true dumb and uh, all that stuff and how Justin has ruined the the universe. Uh, but yeah, it's very good. And what's really interesting is that the conservatives, I remember five or six years ago, they were terrible with their videos. They 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 looked clunky. They were uh, uh, they weren't really mm-hmm. well researched. I actually recommended I had a student. Who was uh, very much right leaning. Uh, and I suggested to her that she should join the conservatives' uh, party and work on videos with them because they needed that help. And I'm kind of wondering if she was behind this mm-hmm. one or not. But yeah, it was nicely done. And, you know, it's full of actual facts. Um, it's hard to argue with the fact that, uh, you know, that we are in trouble. And Trudeau, on the other hand, I mean, apart from, yeah, he does have that. Uh, um, that very dramatic delivery i always think he sounds so fake and i think wow, i wish he it. had never gone to mm-hmm. theater school mm-hmm. uh never might have taught it because he just he even when i agree with him I, he annoys me the way he expresses himself because yeah. it's just too yeah. dramatic yeah. um he cares too <laughs> yeah. much anyway um but you know the but the problem with with trudeau too it does, doesn't matter what he says at this point in time this happened a lot of it during his watch and whether it's the liberals fault or not um mm-hmm. one, one can argue either way on that one but it doesn't matter they were in charge when this happened when most of this happened and so they're get they're stuck with it. and how do you believe somebody who says we are doing something really good on this issue when the issue is overpowering everybody.
1: And let me throw one other thing at you guys, because I find I find this weekend and these videos are just so indicative of where we are as a country on housing and in politics. You know who had no video to show on housing? Jugmeet Singh and the NDP. Can you yeah. guys is, isn't it unbelievable that the Conservative Party now owns this issue and the NDP is nowhere to be found on something like rents? You know this. is all. You know this to me is is exactly what's happening here. It's unbelievable that these parties have let the conservatives own this issue. And and by the way, this fifteen minute video. Where's where's the response? Where's the fact check from the liberals? I have you know like where where is it? And I wonder. You know, looking at the looking at the video, watching the whole thing, and I managed to watch it and not even it, I blinked an eye, and the fifteen minutes was done. That's how good it is. I'm thinking to myself that, you know what, maybe there isn't a response because they know the news is so bad. On that, uh, David, uh, you, you go first on, on on the fact that the NDP is nowhere to be found yet again.
2: Well, the NDP is kind of stuck. They're cornered because one, their answer would be more spending. And inflationary times, they'd get killed on actually saying more spending. That's always the, the far left's answer to anything is more money. And putting more money in the economy would actually be a huge, huge, massive mistake actually. Poiliev uh, attacks Christopher Freeland on this directly because he's not just targeting Trudeau. He knows that Christopher Freeland is the probable successor. So he's covering his bases there. Also, just on the rapid response, the Trudeau staff has been depleted over the last few years, a lot of top brains from the early years have not gone on to other things. So uh, you're right. The fact is, is that I think also the NDP is still stuck in old media thinking. Uh, there, Not everybody has understood yeah. the seismic shift that it's no longer about a 30-second spot on, on TV or trying to get clips on, on on X or on Facebook or Instagram. It's another thing. And the only trap I want to talk about very quickly here, Elias, is that you you know, and, and Paul alluded to this, Poitiers, very strong, great move, but his worst enemy is himself and his party. See what he did with the crash at the bridge, you know, when he jumped all over Trudeau saying it's a terrorist attack? It wasn't. That was a massive blunder. Rachel Thomas last week asking for Pascal Saint-Ange to go to French. That was a huge mistake as well. And so these, these things are still going to be very difficult to manage for Poitier. He has to stay in the middle. Just keep that middle I'll, I'll ground just say this. if he wants to really make
1: games. I'll just say this. D- despite those quote-unquote blunders, and I could debate both of those mm-hmm. as actually being blunders, mm-hmm. sure. Um, sure. It, it hasn't affected him in the
0: polls. The stories making waves in Montreal. The Big Five with Elias Makos from News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
1: All right, we're back here on the Big Five. David Hertel and Paul Gott on with us this morning. Let's uh, take a look at Francois Legault's approval rating. It's at an all-time low. Angus Reid has the premier at uh, 31% approval rating. It's a 16-point drop in three months. He is now the premier. With the lowest approval rating in the country, I don't like that. I don't like that, huh, François. There's the official comment from the premier. <laughs> Paul, can uh, François Legault bounce back from this?
0: Um, not if he keeps up doing what he's doing now, which is kind of ignoring the fact that he's uh, well, panicking a little bit on some areas, but that, but not really changing his overall attitude. Um, it's weird because, uh, you know, we used to have that honeymoon period. We'd always talk about with, uh, politicians. And I think the generally accepted uh, period was about six months. And then that seemed to just extend even with Trudeau. I mean, remember for a long time, no matter what mistakes he was making, um, he would stay incredibly high in the polls. And then once he started to plummet, it's like all those old evils seem to sort of catch up with him. Uh, and once you start to go down, you keep going down very quickly, and you stay down. And it takes a lot to dig yourself back up. And we seem to be seeing the same thing with Legault. He did some ridiculously bad things. We were you know, we were the worst one of the worst regions in the world for Covid, but somehow he was getting kudos because he was doing good PR at that point in time, you know, coming out and talking and seeing human even as people were dying. um, and sort of so you're kind of going, okay, so he seems to be doing an awful job here. but, why uh, why is he still so high on the polls? Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of other areas, too, where there have been missteps and uh, things not, that don't go right. Ministers fired and him sort of blaming them when it was kind of uh, he's really the guy with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> with his uh, with control of almost everything in the government. So I think now it's, uh, you know, now he's sort of everything is coming back. Once things start to slide, they seem to stay um, slidden? No, that's not a word. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, still, you, stay, yeah. you still seem to stay down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I'm a professor. Um, <laughs> anyway, you just, things seem to stay down. Um, and so you have to really sort of change the way you approach things mm-hmm. and sort of realize that some of those things that you thought probably were successes in the past weren't, and now they're coming to haunt you. And I don't see Lego even starting on that Path mm-hmm. yet, so we'll have to see. But he needs to change and he isn't.
1: A year ago, he was still at sixty percent approval. One year ago, December 2022. And you know how people say what well, let's say with Federal Politics Trudeau, oh, you know what? Don't ever count out Justin Trudeau, he's a great campaigner, he can be back. People always say that. I don't get that same sense of Russell Legault, So I'm wondering, uh, now from sixty percent a year ago to thirty one percent now. David, what's your take? And Francel Lego bounce back from this?
2: well i I would say theoretically yes because we're almost three years away from an election and that is a very long time and so uh you know what what helped uh legault over the last few years is one a very strong economy up until now quebec had the strongest economy in canada up until the last few months uh, so he was he was riding that wave. Also, he did get a pandemic boost, and I agree with Paul said. But nonetheless, he played it well, and he and a lot of other governments, Justin Trudeau and a lot of other provincial premiers, Doug Ford amongst them, got a pandemic boost when re-election time came, during or during the tail end of the actual worst of it. And and the other thing that Legault benefited from that he's losing eye on is the complete disarray and division of the opposition parties. Now you have one guy, just one, Paul St-Pierre Plamondon, who came out, who has been very competent in his lane, which is full throttle independence, and everything is about independence, and independence is going to solve everything from the common cold to the economy. And, and so, what he has done is he, he's with the, all the incompetence again that Paul mentioned, we're not going to go back on all mm-hmm. this, but all the incompetence of the Legault government and Legault's ego has he, Paul Sapiopanadon, has been able to peel back the hardcore nationalists, the independence voters that went to the CEQ in 2018 and 2022. So, mm-hmm. that's what explains. What's happening right now? It's the same thing federally. Finally, there's one party, the Conservatives, in this case, that has been able to really organize themselves in a way to be a credible alternative. Mm-hmm. Now, will this lead to something else? Again, with all don't strength, he's still just around thirty percent. I mean, even Independence is not at thirty; is at thirty-five mm-hmm. percent. So, let's not. Let's not start thinking that uh, it, it's done. It's a done deal for Legault just yet. Yeah.
1: Paul, let me let me throw this into the mix because there was a letter over the weekend. Fifteen former members of Option Nationale, remember them? They were the party that merged with Quebec Solidaire in 2017. They're sending a message to current Quebec Solidaire members: ditch Quebec Solidaire and move towards the Parti Québécois and Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon. I think this goes to what David was just saying about just how he has been very strong, by the way, on that one note of independence. Uh, this open letter in Le Devoir, the 15 co-signers lambaste Quebec Solidaire for being lukewarm on independence, and they say Plamondon has shown political courage. What's your take on this, Paul? Does this explain a little bit of, of the dynamics that's happening here with Legault's slide, PSPP doing so well? Uh, what's your What are your thoughts?
0: Well, um, I mean, to a certain extent, the, the whole thing with independence is it's still, it's always seemed to be stuck somewhere between 30 and 35%. And maybe now it's on the higher end of that right now, but it'll go back down. It, it's There is not the enthusiasm for independence that there used to be. Um, and you see that even at the Saint-Jean-Baptiste parade. You see it, um, I see it when I travel the province with my band and I talk to people. Um, and it seems to be increasingly the... Uh, Um, independence seems to be the choice of now older folks not the younger folks the way it used to be used to be sort of driven by people you know remember when the party Quebecois was trying to bring the uh, voting age down to 15 could get all those 15 year olds to vote for independence (laughs) you know that's no longer happening Um, you know so it's and that's where the energy and the enthusiasm comes from so it is kind of interesting that there is this now this move to hey join the but it's, it's a leader, you know, it's a charismatic leader. Um, and a charismatic leader carries votes no matter what party, no matter what option they're, they're in. If you've got a good leader, you've got something. It brings me back to my, uh, uh, my conspiracy theory that it's the PQ is actually running the Liberal Party of Quebec right now, which is why they're not choosing a leader so that everybody can go to the PQ. Uh, uh, you, can, you can publish, you can quote me on that one. But, by le, the way. but let me throw uh, this. But, uh, let me, you know, I think that's it. He's he's a charismatic leader. It's not independence that's yeah. winning votes right now. It's the leader.
1: But it is the leader because, listen, to, you know, we're in a housing crisis and Quebec Solidaire stuck in neutral. And I wonder David, you know, this leathers that that's come out from these former option SNL mm-hmm. members, that explains how during a time where Quebecers can't pay bills, the mm-hmm. Quebec Solidaire can't take advantage, yet we see a surging Plamondon on the PQ. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Quebec Solidaire is stuck. Uh let's face it. First of all, Option Nationale, let's remember, Option Nationale was a PQ MNA, a former PQ M&A, Jean-Martin Auxin, leaving the Parti Québécois because he felt the party had put independence on the back. Mm-hmm. He was a Pariso pequist And then it went to Saul Zanetti. When Auxin left the, the, the leading the party, Saul Zanetti saw his only option to, because, uh, let's face it, I, said, I was like polling around one, two, three percent percent This was not a major uh, force here. But it was enough to weaken the Parti Quebecois. And what is Quebec Solidaire? Quebec Solidaire was the left wing of the Parti Quebecois. That's that's what built the Mm -hmm. original Quebec Solidaire. So what happens is that Quebec Solidaire now has sort of become the old Parti Quebecois, which is saying, yeah, we're we're independentists, but we have to talk about other things. But the problem with Quebec Solidaire, there are other things, is Palestine. Mm. colonialism mm. they're the things are making sure that men aren't allowed to run in the next by election for quebec solidaire and they're more an activist party than anything else right now they're they're not an actual party trying to build power yeah and so again and and just let's let's be clear here what's happening with post pierre he's bringing back all the hardcore separatists mm. that some of them are are we're we're at uh we're all spread out but sovereignty isn't moving. It's still 35. It was 35 six months ago. It was
1: 35, so, and it's 35 now. So sovereignty may not be moving, but you know what? Nationalism, different thing. Let me throw in this story here that was in Journal de Montréal this morning. Guys, you remember the battery plant, Altium Cam Battery Factory? Quebec government is giving $150 plus million with $135 plus million being forgivable in loans. That could be forgiven if it all goes through. There's a story in Journal de Montréal of a mechanic... Who says he applied to work at this factory was told, uh, "Your CV is in French. We want one in English." And then through the um, uh, and then through the hiring process was told that that hey, we're going to do this in English, right? And that the work environment's going to be English and Korean, in fact, because this is General Motors and South Korean battery outfit Popsco, uh working on this. So let's talk about this story here. I got to be brief on this one, but Paul, let me get your thoughts. This story of, you know, the new battery plants, Quebec giving so much money and they're asking basically for English CVs and and leaning towards an English work environment. Your thoughts.
0: Well, uh, for us anarchists out here, it uh, just kind of points out that money can buy you anything, including a pass from the Quebec government that is, uh, you know, attacking Anglos left, right and center. But if you've got a couple of million dollars, or a couple of hundred million dollars, you can get away with anything. Yay. Good for you. Um, I'm kind of actually surprised at this one. I I was kind of go, uh, maybe have bilingual CVs if you really had to. But, um, you know, to me, it's like, it's kind of weird that they are getting away with this. And this is, I guess, one of those times where I'd actually come down on the Quebec government side Mm -hmm. and say, come on, you're moving to Quebec, like learn a language, goofball. Uh, the uh, impl- the mechanic
1: <laughs> says he's filed a complaint with the OQLF. For all Anglos looking to apply in English, Altium uh, Cam is the battery factory, if you're going to go search that one up online this morning. Uh, David, your, th- your thoughts on this, and I wonder if Paul St. Pierre Plamondon is going to pounce on a story like this one.
2: Oh, they're, they're going to pounce, but, uh, you know... Uh, this uh, the Lego government has slidden to quote my good friend <laughs> into the, the the Fitzgibbon exception because we don't have an we haven't made uh, uh, very clear that you know if you come in to develop business here there's the Fitzgibbon exception yeah. you can, because the head of HR for all these the heads of HR for all these all these companies are unilingual English and they sp- speak another language and it ain't French. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem right now because of, of restrictive immigration policies, bad uh, French teaching over the last five years. Again, uh, the Legault government is, is reaping what they've sown in incompetence, and sure, the ultra nationalists are going to pound something.
1: We have to leave it there, guys. Great discussion. David Hertel, Paul, got on with us this morning. Take care, guys.
0: Catch the Big Five, weekday mornings at 9:05. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 in Montreal.